Welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast for women in midlife who are ready to lose the mental and emotional weight of dieting. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an undieting dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. Join me as I talk with other experts in the fields of intuitive eating, women's health, body image, and so much more. You'll also hear stories of women just like you who have learned to undiet their lives and fully embrace wellness without obsession. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to this week's live. And I just saw a post this morning that on on Instagram that made me kind of change my whole trajectory for today's live. But I think it's really going to help you in understanding how intuitive eating could really be impactful in midlife and maybe even save your midlife experience to, to being a little bit more less perimenopause symptomy and more in the savoring world of food and body. So this post was created by the Found Food Freedom. Sorry, Sammy, I'm butchering that. But this is what was inspiring um, to me today. And the post was along the lines of is dieting and body fixing and disordered eating, are those really scapegoats for something else that's going on in your life? And it really got me thinking about my story and my journey into into intuitive eating and then also into midlife. And really the story starts when I was a kiddo and started gaining a bunch of weight as we do when we're kiddos and we're in puberty, we're supposed to gain a bunch of weight, but I was taught that that wasn't okay. And it was teased for it a lot. So that's when I was around like nine, 10 ish, 11 years old. I don't remember exactly. And that kind of started my course towards challenging, well, what is my relationship with food and my body? Is my body okay? And the way things kind of played out is very typical to what I see in my clients too. So here's just an example of getting teased at puberty, then going on into high school and always being considered the best friend, not the dateable one. Yes, one of my guy friends even said that to me in high school. I think he was meaning it being a compliment, but whatever, dude, don't tell a teenage girl that she's not dateable. It's not cool. And then going on into in my undergrad, I went and studied in Austria for a year. Prior to doing that, I had seen this movie, Sabrina, maybe those of you that are old enough, not for the original Sabrina, but for the remake um, in the 90s, maybe early 2000s with Harrison Ford and Andy McDowell. And it was this idea of this girl that's kind of uh, unnoticeable, uh, goes off to Europe to study photography for a year. And when she comes back, the two brothers that she was really interested, she was interested in one, but both of them really started to take notice of her because she had changed in this way. And hers wasn't necessarily a weight loss change, but it was a change of, you know, just how she presented herself in the world. So I wanted to change when I went to Austria and I didn't necessarily have the intention of, um, I'm going to try to lose X amount of pounds, but I wanted to come back a different person. I wanted to come back in more of a noticeable way or be seen, not just be seen as the best friend, but maybe be seen as the dateable one. 
So I did lose a ton of weight. I also took up um, competitive marathoning during that year and I came back and not only was I was in a smaller body, but I was also this fast runner now. And so I was getting validation both for being this amazing athlete and being in this smaller body. And I liked that validation. I mean, who doesn't? That's, that's one of the reasons that fuels these weight loss attempts, right? Is that we, that we want to be validated. We want to be seen that continued for a decade or more, a decade and a half, until uh, when I was on a trip, another international trip with my dad, and we're climbing in Nepal, doing some hiking in Nepal, actually. And I had to climb down from sketchy, high pass, lots of rocks, lots of scree. Scree and I are not friends. If you're a hiker, you know what I'm talking about with that loose rock stuff. And so I had to hold on to this climbing rope to like climb down from this steep high pass. And I was so weak. Uh, I was the thinnest I'd ever been, but I was so weak, both physically and emotionally. And I just remember like hanging onto that rope, terrified, am I going to fall down this mountain and looking up at the mountains around me and going, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep shrinking my body into what other people think that I should be for beauty, for dateability, whatever if it's going to keep me from doing what I love. And I love being here in the mountains. I love being surrounded by this. I love feeling powerful in the mountains, although I was not that day. But that's the day that I made the very conscious decision of like, I can't do this dieting stuff anymore. I can't do the food restriction and the excessive exercise anymore. I just can't. Now, fast forward probably another decade and a half, it took me to figure out, well, how do I do that? How do I pull myself out of that rock bottom? And finding intuitive eating was part of that. But what's interesting about this piece too, is that I'm so grateful for that very difficult journey of recovery and going through that, because that was in my 20s, early mid 30s. And perimenopause hadn't hit me yet, of course. But having learning the skills going through that whole um, process of learning to trust my body, really exploring what was I scapegoating myself, literally running my body into the ground, running all these miles, restricting all of this food, you know, what was I really running from? And so it took a long time and a lot of therapy and a lot of work to kind of help me peel back those layers. And this is a lot of what I end up doing with clients now in my work. But when I'm working with women in midlife, nobody has asked them this before. Like, what are you really, what are you really running from? What are you really dieting yourself away from? Um, And there's lots of different scenarios with that, right? There's no judgment either way. The important part is more to ask yourself that question. Like, What am I really trying to avoid, trying to distract myself from, trying to not realize? Um, Because it's hard stuff to realize. It's hard stuff to confront. I mean, those comments that were made to me when I was a young kid, they really hurt. And what I learned through that is you better change your body or you're not going to be noticeable. You better change your body or you're not going to be worthy. Um, I grew up in a great Um, Family situation was well supported in my family. So for me, it was more of those cultural messages and the messages I was getting from friends and other people that I put real value to in my life. 
And so having learned that recovery process and having explored that, hey, what is this really about? What, what is this running really about? What is this food restriction really about? And it, for me, it boiled down to, again, I wanna be seen. I, I wanna be seen in this world. But for a lot of the women that I work with, it could be a fear of, a fear of aging. Um, and not being seen because they're aging. They're not this super attractive 20s, early 30s. You know, their body is changing and they really fear, maybe it even relates to their work. They really fear, how are they gonna be showing up in the world? How are they gonna be seen or not be seen as a woman in midlife now? So let's keep chasing that elusive beauty thin ideal or even health ideal too. I mean, we have a lot of strong opinions about health in our culture and most of them aren't attainable to the extent that we're taught about and the pedestal that we, we put health on in our culture. They're not attainable 100% all the time for all bodies. And so that's just another form of creating this ideal that we're trying to live up to that may or may not be in the cards for us. So I get that that fear is real um, and fear of changing in this midlife space. But another part that I want to offer you too is, had I not gone through that recovery process when I was younger and connected those dots to what am I running away from? What am I shrinking myself from? I think the perimenopause transition would have been much, much different for me. And I can totally sympathize when I see that happening with women in midlife and with my clients. I can see this fear of, I, I'm afraid of getting sick. I'm afraid of illness. I'm holding the whole world together and everything that I do, I do not have time to get sick. I do not have time to get a chronic illness or the cost that goes with chronic illness. I don't wanna be a statistic. And so I'm, they're hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. Got to do everything perfectly for health. The same thing could be true with, the, with their weight. If focusing on the, the weight is a really strong factor for them. Like I cannot get into a bigger body. I cannot get into a body that is less desirable because I feel like I'm becoming undesirable anyway as I'm changing. And so that can lead to restriction, of course, over-exercising, um, trying various diets. You know, of course, keto is the thing now. There's also intermittent fasting and all of that, which ironically, both of those diets are terrible for midlife, both our mental health and our metabolic health, which ironically, people are trying to improve with either one of them. So the point being, both through my story and whatever your story might be, is to really ask yourself, okay, if I'm really chasing a certain, a certain weight, uh, a certain uh, appearance ideal, or a certain health outcome, asking yourself, what is the motivation behind that? There is no shame in wanting to lose weight by any means. Um, there's no shame in wanting to be fit and strong and, and athletic or flexible or have more endurance at all by any means. There's no shame in wanting to look your best as you age either. The point is the motivation. Are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this to keep up with something that is always gonna keep moving the carrot further forward? And when you come to that realization and reflect on that, like, 
why are you doing what you're doing, you may find that you want to do things differently with food in your body. And you may find that intuitive eating actually helps you, teaches you to get in touch with your body and learn to trust your body and learn to start turning out, tuning out the noise of all these other reasons people say you should be manipulating food or manipulating your body. So I look at midlife and especially perimenopause as this time of unraveling. That's why I like to use the word undieting your life. This unraveling, this can be a part of this unraveling and in, in exploring why have I been all of these years chasing something that I've never been able to attain or been able to attain for a short, very short period of time, but it consumed my entire life. I want to invite you to continue exploring intuitive eating. There are tons of resources on alpinenutrition.org blog and also, of course, the Savor Food and Body podcast. There are lots of interviews there as well as um, more snippets on my personal story and into recovery. And I can only you know, promise you based on what I've seen with my clients and then of myself too, when you learn the practices of intuitive eating and you start putting them in place in your life, you will have a very different experience with food in your body. And especially as you transition into midlife, you'll be able to catch yourself and going, oh, wait, like noticing a little difference in my body today. My jeans are fitting a little different. Okay, is that because I had this salty dinner last night or did I really all of a sudden gain all of this weight overnight? And, and the answer doesn't matter. The point is that you're stopping and reflecting. You're saying, pause, hold up what's going really going on in my life? What am I really afraid of? Or what am I really trying to prevent? Or what am I really trying to stand up for? It's just asking those questions that are the most important part. So again, for more resources and or to even get in touch, I love hearing your individual food and body stories. Go on over to alpinenutrition.org, hit the contact button at the top, and I would love to hear where you're coming from with food and body and how this resonates with you or, or any reflections that you came up with. Reflecting on what might you be scapegoating yourself into um, with food and body in, in midlife or wherever you're at in life too. And I hope you have a great rest of your week savoring food in your body. Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope this conversation inspires you to undiet your life and start savoring food and your body. You can find show notes and resources from this episode by going to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G. If you'd like to learn more about my one-on-one -on -one counseling or group coaching programs, go to my website, alpinenutrition.org and click work with me at the top of the page. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Until next time, keep savoring food and your body.